Hi, everyone, and welcome to Voice Notes, everyday conversation between two businesswomen, one Scottish, one Northern Irish. We are communicating to you about the things that matter. Hello, Claire Kelly. Hello, Ali Hart. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. I'm technically on my holiday still, so uh, mm. it's lovely to be here feeling like I'm on holiday because this just feels lovely. To talk it to does, you. doesn't it? I do, love, I do love that I get to look at your face. Yeah, I'm really close to the screen as well. I think my hair and my face fill the whole screen. Quite close, yeah. Feels very intimate. Just How are me you and all the listeners. Uh, I'm very well, actually. Yeah. Just, you know, lockdown bliss mm-hmm. in our bubbles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, doing okay. Doing yeah, okay. I went to um, the shop the other day for the first time. Michael's done all of our runs to the shop because... Certainly with my heart, I just decided to take things a little more seriously as soon as lockdown happened. So I haven't been to a shop and my mum rang um, when I was going over to take the dog and take her some things food-wise because she's manic- she now doesn't go out at all, which is great. We got her down to once a week and now she's really starting to think of deliveries. But because she's in the middle of nowhere like you, it's, it, it sort of was a cutoff point. But I, um, she rang and said, would you get me a paper? Would you get me a wheat and loaf? And I immediately just went into like panic. And Michael was just about to go out for a long run. He said, I'll do it. I said, like, it's okay. It's okay. So I took the boys and every shop I went to just looked so busy. So I went to her local one, which is still like two miles from her house, whatever. But um, there was no, there was sanitary, what do you call it? Not sanitary. <laughs> no. Is that what you call it? No. Yeah, what do you yeah. call it? Well, like towels, yeah. No, no, for your hands. Um, oh, what do you call that? <laughs> Hand sanitizer. That's it. Oh dear, sorry, they were not sanitary towels. So the hand sanitizer, and it was outside, and there were markings for people, but obviously there was no one manning the door, and it was just pure like countryside. Um, there might have been thirty people in that shop, and I find it like some people took it really seriously, other people didn't care. I find my heart rate go through the roof and I know that sounds really dramatic, but I just mm-hmm. I find it was me again being in that uh, you're so protected in your own bubble. Mm-hmm. Whereas being there and one person didn't know which way to go and the other person, and I felt sorry for the people behind the till. And then I thought, am I touching it? Do I take off the gloves now? What way do you, it's trying to figure yeah. that out. Yeah. I haven't gone, I've been to the shop once since lockdown and um i had to go to the chemist and i had to go to the shop just to get like snacky things for the kids because we all know how fast they go through food and uh, i went to the chemist where i knew they'd be so stringent there and spoke to one of my friends because i was feeling that anxiety isn't it my heart was going up just um just thinking she goes just there's only two people in if there's anyone in you just wait outside and what the pharmacists have been doing have been coming out to the queue if there was you know lots of people just to give them their prescriptions so i thought that's fine but i went down and it was closed I thought, oh my God, like I, I, needed, I needed to pick up this prescription. And um, I thought, well, I'll go to the co-op now. But I did two laps of the car park trying to decide if it was too full or not. And I thought, Claire, you just need to go in. You just need to bite yeah. the bullet. And, because otherwise I can see us coming out of lockdown and I'm still going to be scared. Like it's a proper physical reaction, isn't it? To, to go yeah, yeah. And, and you'd think like, am I being dramatic? Like there was a guy with like a huge oxygen mask on and then there was another person who had like nothing and was just like brushing. Like it was just... It was the reality of like this really is how this passes. Yeah, you know? like we're this is. But anyway, what are we talking about today? Talking about the two different people in that line, the ones that don't care and the ones that really do care. That's probably a good lead. That is. Well, today we're going to talk about perspectives, which is something that we have 
spoken about between ourselves for mm, months, I think. But other stuff's just come up. So, but we did think it's a good lead on from the last episode about grief and how we spoke about how it's okay to be really feeling sad and lonely and worried and anxious and scared to go in the co-op and the chemist and everything. Um, and but, to really feel those feelings, like feel yeah, them. We have to, them, have, have to acknowledge them. them. Yeah. Yeah. So, but also we think it's really important that um, everyone has perspective still on things and not just with the world as it is just now, life in general. I mean, one pers- well, the way one person sees something, we all know it can be very different. It's like when you get a text message and you read the words and you think, oh my God, this person hates me. And really they've mm-hmm. just said they're too, you know, they're just too busy to talk. Yeah. Or, you know, that thing totally. that guys, girls, not girls, I'm sure guys do it too, but you know, oh my God, he's liked my picture on Instagram. What does it mean? It means he was online. <laughs> That's what it means. That's what it means. That's all it means. <laughs> I um, remember my friend Podrick, um, he was one of the, like, he was one of the scary um, during my degree and he um, so was from a part of Belfast which was kind of like a well it was up anyway it was a relatively rough area and he he was from security side so there was always this kind of tension but it was just a brilliant friendship my mum loved him anyway I remember he started to go into counselling and we were like, what? This is like after our degree. And if you're listening, hi, Padre. Um, and he went into counseling and he actually was like, obviously brilliant at it. But he said, what he learned was he'd got through his whole life, like 35 or whatever. And he said he had always thought that his way, like how could anybody think any differently? Whereas he said what he learned going through that was just everybody processes like dramatically differently, you know? Mm. So, yeah, no, it's so true, isn't it? Yeah, what one person sees as a problem, another person's like, what are you talking about? But it's that thing as well. And I can't remember if we've had this conversation on or offline, but when you realize that someone's um, moral compass is so different to yours as well, and you just think, how could you Mm -hmm. ever think X, Y, and Z is okay? Mm -hmm. You know, and there's other people who are just like, "Eh." But wouldn't it be a very boring world if we were all? It would be. We'd have nothing to analyze. There'd be no... (laughs) So, well, one thing probably leading on quite well with that really is my job in terms of the very physical, visual perspective. So at the minute I'm sitting in the studio and I'm looking at a painting and Claire and I, well, Claire reminded me of this. So it's a painting of a place called Sea Park, which is quite near to where we are. I should probably lift it up, actually. Yeah, I'll lift it up. Yeah, that's that's brilliant for a podcast, Ali. (laughs) <laughs> well, we're in for a podcast, but if we decide to put this on YouTube, which I'm trying to push Claire to do, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so um, it's another avenue for people to find us. So this is Sea Park, right? And then, so it is all blues and purples and yellows, and it's very much sun going down. And then I have another one of basically the same view, but it's at a different time and it's just in a different style. So it's not, it's kind of very traditional style. So there's just peaches and really very much like sundown and um, but not in a abstract captured way and that was a really very as an artist you're always teaching perspective and you're always teaching people so right from whenever they are uh, learning how to hold like I've got pens in front of me when they're learning how to just use those pens add in texture so there's that idea of perspective but then there's also getting them to look at it so you can 
teach them how to make like a little square out of a piece of paper, which I've done in one of my videos recently, or, you know, they hold a pencil up and they hold it part the way down and then they squint with one eye and that changes perspective. So perspective is a huge part of what I do. Um, and then the other thing, which is a word that we use quite a bit, just talking about perspective is reframing it. Mm -hmm. So that can be as physical as, you know, there's another big piece behind me here, which is a cool, big, massive piece. But when it was framed, it changed the whole thing too. So. See, before we talk about reframing, because that is like a big thing for us, I want to ask you, when you're teaching people art and you're doing your mm -hmm. workshops and everyone's painting the same, um, I don't know, vase, yeah, flower, thing. do you yeah. find that people could be sitting right next to each other and would paint something different or create something different or do they look similar? Well, I would say, and not to like blow my own trumpet, but I would say that's one of the real strengths of my workshops and it's always the feedback I get is that... Um, people always say we all we're doing the same thing but nobody's looks the same mm -hmm. so i teach you how to mix the colors i teach you how to apply them but i really feel one of the things i've learned as an educator is how to bring out people their own sort of perspective on it yes so but yeah that's a real that's a lovely thing and i really need to get my i put it out there but i'm going to get my zoom art and wine night up so that everybody anywhere in the world can join I'd come to that. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's oh, like, yeah. and Claire's coming to the quiz, <laughs> coming to the quiz. Michael and I are having a quiz and we now have like 20 screens. So that's like people, like there's three or four people in each of those or people like you, he'll be like, there'll be one person. But that so, is, me. Um, it is, it's not the same as being in, in real life with people, but I'm, I love that this idea of like a distraction and something different for people to do. So. No, also seeing people's faces. Yeah. Like it's so like listeners we have an episode oh gosh last year about face to face and how important the face to face is and every now and then it just pops to my head and I'm like oh, like this is so valuable so so mm -hmm. valuable definitely so, so reframing yeah reframing we reframe all these faces on our computer screens yeah. um so yeah so Ali and I were also talking about obviously Ali was talking about physically reframing things and how it changes things um but reframing is something that I think people it is like a phrase that's maybe used a little bit more now for things. Um, I remember a few years ago, I was doing a, a few charity challenges and I was getting really stressed out. And Sarah Williams of the Tough Girl podcast, I was talking to her because mm -hmm. I used to do bits and pieces for her. And she was like, no, no, you just have to reframe it. Like stop, don't look at it as the big thing. Just reframe it as, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I'd never heard that term before. And I thought that's so true because as soon as you change the way you're viewing it and you just box it differently change your perspective everything does change and you can just change everything about how you feel about it um Sorry, children are singing i decide can you hear them i can't hear them what are they singing they're just i don't know it's loud they're away now okay Sorry. let's just reframe that as entertainment <laughs> i know <laughs> it's always when it's not your own children yeah <clears throat> so reframing really as you say so do you mean in terms of like when it happens you let yourself kind of sit on it mm -hmm. and then you step back from it. Yeah. It's that stepping back, I think, and just saying, this isn't going to be what I thought it was going to be. Step back, look at it again, adjust your perspective, squint your eye and hold your thumb up like an artist mm -hmm. and just look at it for what it is then and work from there rather than, I suppose it's an expectations thing as well, isn't it? What we, we always think something's going to be a certain way. 
and then it's not. So we have to just adjust our mindset for things. Well, even what you're saying there about that, you know, hold the pencil up and change it. And when I was talking about cutting the little bit out, what I'm doing with people is rather than them feeling overwhelmed with the whole area, you're taking a small bit. So suppose that is that idea of in life, we can't deal with the whole scenario. Like we can't, in terms of right now, coronavirus, mm-hmm. we can't change that. We don't know the time scale, which I think is what people are struggling with, certainly yeah. not knowing how long this is. Um, so suppose all you know is the here and the now of what little bit can I cope with? Mm-hmm. It's like the old counseling analogy that we use of like, how would you eat an elephant? And it's just, it's one bite at a time. Bite at a time. Nobody, nobody should be eating elephants. But, you know, but it's that thing, isn't it? Well, you just wouldn't. You just wouldn't take on a mammoth task all in one go. You take nope. it by bit and you deal with things as they come up and you reframe the problem and, you know, you, you go from there. Um, well, I was listening yesterday to, um, I, it is Rangan Chatterjee. Chatterjee? Yep. So I'm just distracted because a little t- tiny bird is flying up to my window and staring in at me. Ah. Lovely. Well, I keep forgetting to get bird seed for the boys actually for their thing. And um, well, he had John McAvoy on yesterday, who is, I'm assuming now you knew who he was as soon as I spoke before. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is, I'm assuming, a public speaker now, really, motivational speaker, but he was in prison mm-hmm. twice, two death sentences, wasn't it? Uh, it was for 20, organized 25. crime. He was in for two, yeah, two long, long sentences. I couldn't tell exactly what they, they were, but um, yeah. Yeah, I missed the first. I think there was a podcast about it um, in January and then he brought him back, mm-hmm. which is really relevant now because it was all about thriving in lockdown and <clears throat> taking your situation and trying to change and reframe it. Yeah, because when he was, for those of you who don't know his story, he um, ended up in prison. He was involved with organized crime. Uh, and while he was in prison, he started going to the prison gym. Now, this is a very sort of potted history, and I'd really encourage anybody to follow him online or um, read his book. I forget what his book's called now. We'll add it in the episode notes. Um, and he, he got on a rowing machine, and it turned out he was incredible at rowing. See, I missed all that. Yeah. I missed all that. The only that I was hearing about was how he just started to do burpees, and it's because he was in a cell for like two years. Yeah, which he was only allowed out two hours a day and he said he just started to reef so that was what he'd started yeah. to work out yeah but then when he was he was going down to the the prison gym the, the the staff there were like you're actually really really good at this and he set world records for things when he was in there right. no idea like how skilled he was as an athlete until he got there and then when he was out of prison he joined a rowing club and he didn't tell anybody to start with that he'd been in prison because you know there's a perspective that people have of people who've been like that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, he just, they just welcomed him with open arms. And over time, obviously, they find out his, his story. But, yeah. But, again, he was aware of what people's perspectives would have been on him, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he changed. Like, he totally changed who he was. And so well, he- but interestingly, he said about the, the first time he, he kind of, the first time he was in prison, he had got into a really good routine. And basically, he just worked out and he read. And he worked out in your head and he knew from like the morning they got out for an hour in the afternoon. But he said that then he went back into crime then after that. So as soon as he got out the first time, he just went right back into it. And um, then whenever he was in, the next time he said like he was, there's like 90, no, this might be wrong, but something like 90,000 prisoners. 
and 20 of those or something like that are considered like they they're likely to escape and he was one of those so they have to be like completely contained yes yes i remember that yeah. when he looked up you know he could see the sky but it was above like helicopter um like all of those wires but but then he also is like he's he's not condoning crime like he's he he's very open about the fact that like he's very humble i think but mm-hmm. yeah it was a really good thing and he said as well similar to what we were talking about with the last episode in grief how um it's okay to feel really crappy and sometimes for days not to really work out but if you can set yourself a routine and mm-hmm. um you know get past like sit on it get through the grief or get through the the sadness and the overwhelm and then you know reframe it and just work through it really can help you to thrive yeah yeah and it's it's just being able to see the other side of the coin isn't it and just look for the positives even when it feels like a very negative situation and when you can't obviously you make sure you get help like we're not sitting here suggesting everyone just just get over things that's really not what we're saying at all absolutely and that's how i said about the grief thing too like i can only share my story i can't as i said to people if you're struggling definitely to speak to people the other thing i really like um is that idea of if you run the day or the day runs you isn't that one of those lines yeah and it's true that is true i think and again you it's, it's like we're saying before, like things don't always go as planned, but you can still, you can still take hold of the day if you can, mm. if you're in too much of a funk and you don't, but well, yeah. Certainly for with, um, as a creative, I think I've spoken as well before about this, there's, there's certainly my own, how to build a creative business in a noisy world podcast. I talk about how sometimes it's like 10 in the morning and I'm like, well, this day is done. I have done nothing. Like, where am I going? And then you're like, it's only it's only 10 o'clock, Alison. Like, yeah. So yeah, there, there is a way of kind of planning. But then the other side of the coin is I'm on holiday mode right now. So I actually really like not having a structure. Mm-hmm. But and I, help, I think that it helps you regain perspective when you step back. Yeah. So I mean, that's what you said on our, if anyone else has listened to the intentions episode that we released on Monday, um, Ali had said about how she was going to go on holiday and she was, oh, no, that's, oh, no, that's wrong. You're having a holiday, then you're going to get planning later in the week. Yeah. And I'd said that I was not, I'm just taking it totally easy. And it's funny because like the day around you or whatever, no, no one's telling me what to do. Um, I've taken like days off and I have got so much done, but I think it's, again, it's because I've taken that pressure off myself for, I have to do this by this point. Like, yeah, it's. We do. We definitely do give ourselves a hard time to get all the things done, to get everything in perspective correctly, perfectly. Mm-hmm. And that's can be really exhausting. Actually, so can Zoom calls, not with you, obviously, but isn't the digital is kind of exhausting. Someone had put it like about a digital hangover and I do feel a bit like that. Oh, do you? Oh, see, maybe, maybe I'm just not speaking to, to enough people, but I'm not, yeah. Although because I'm working less just now, I don't have that same, so, you know, we have, a, we have a baby and you get, you're getting touched all the time and you feel touched out by the end of the day. You're just like, I can't yeah. have anyone else. So I think maybe because I'm not seeing so many people and I really miss loads of my clients, all my clients. Um, I used to, by the end of the day, I'd put the kids to bed and the dogs would jump up on me on the couch and I'd be like, oh, I cannot have one, but I'm not feeling like that just now. So perspective for me is maybe I'm just refreshing myself a little bit on this but yeah the dogs I'm like come on jump on you know, I know what's well, so am I actually with the dog yeah last night yeah Mimi was up with her you know just sprawls the way she likes to 
because <laughs> yeah, I actually bathed her yesterday and she was so clean. This is the joy of being in better weather. Yes. Yeah. God is not happy. Better weather. Yeah. Well, isn't that lovely? That is the, that's another thing which helps with the perspective, I think, of lockdown right now is that um, the weather being nice is... Mm -hmm. If this was lockdown, everything it helps. Even with my auntie, and she's in a in an apartment, and like my auntie's been through a lot of grief. Like my uncle died very tragically, and then my cousin, who I've spoken about before, Avril, passed away two years ago. Um, and you know her husband and two boys just live around the corner. And my aunt, but she said that she even in her apartment with that sun in the morning, the birds singing outside, it helps. Mm -hmm. and every, every, everything's better when the sun shines it just is just good is. well what have you learned this week this week i have learned that um i do well when i take it easy that, that i can't mm -hmm. even think of anything i've learned i've learned i'm really good at really good at cooking even my kids have learned this they're like mom you can make cakes and you can make pancakes your lasagna is nearly as good as nanny's and i was like nearly oh but um, yeah, no, that's what I've learned actually. My children like eating my food. Well, I've learned. I always knew I wasn't bad at it, but my, so my cousin is the hairdresser, and she taught me. Two of them were actually, but she taught me years ago. Um, like whenever we just got married, she taught me how to cut Michael's hair and then how to cut like long hair. So I cut my own hair, but all I did was just like grab it round like this and then chop it. That was literally all I did because I haven't had it cut since October. And then um, the boys, I did theirs, and theirs are gorgeous. Even if they do so handsome. The only uh, thing is, they wanted this line. I'd never known how to do that because that wasn't hip. Whenever I learned how to do it, because I do it with scissors first. And mm -hmm. um, so one is a bit of a sketchy line because I didn't know. But yeah, I can cut hair. Add that to my creative tool set. I cut my hair, boys' hair once, and they asked me not to do it again. <laughs> and given that they were five and three at the time, I think that says a lot for my hair cutting skills. So yeah, well, the boys forget that I used to do theirs, that because they're obviously desperate times in here. And we were laughing, you know, everyone like cut their hair in week one. You're like, <laughs> but mine was more just I couldn't even get my fingers through the bottom of it. But now it feels great. Yeah, no, I was meant to get my hair cut today actually, but it's obviously not happening. I may color it myself later, or I might not. I might just let the greys come on I, can't even, I have found it difficult to get yeah my greys are popping through everywhere I find it difficult to get well lovely to chat yeah you too and thanks everyone for listening and if you've hung on for this long you know all about our hair care regime now and <laughs> look at mine it's beautiful beautiful right beautiful. Um, so we will see you for our voice notes intention on Monday and remember you can get in touch with us if you have your own intentions you want to set or you just want to chat really yeah, definitely. We're, we're here. We have the Facebook group. Um, so you just type Voice in Notes. Voice Notes Podcast. I'm going to bring it up right now. You can tell about the other things while I find out. We have Instagram, Voice Notes the Podcast, and you can email us at voicenotesthepodcast at gmail.com. And I just know I've said this in episodes before, but I need to get the link set up again so you guys can send us voice notes because for some reason it's disappeared. So I don't know if I've been. Yeah, voice notes podcast members. Voice code voice notes podcast members. Yes. So yeah, join us. Oh, you can see a picture of Ali and I out for a run. Oh, running. Lovely. Oh. Right. I'm actually sore today because I did a half marathon yesterday just for the crack. As you do. I would love to keep building up my miles if I could, but we'll see. As you said, I need to probably have a plan. Right. 
anyway this is for off the podcast yeah this is is personal chat so anyway guys thank you for listening and we will talk to you later yeah thanks guys bye bye